0: Support for the Fueled by Purpose podcast comes from Zipchair. Zipchair, the official licensee of the MLB, NBA, NHL, Overwatch League, General Motors, select collegiate schools, and select English Premier League teams. All Zipchair products can switch logos at any time. Perfect for branding. For more info, visit Zipchair.com.
1: What's up, everyone? I'm Angela Simmons. We are here, Fueled by Purpose. Super excited to get into this.
2: I'm Marcus Thomas. <laughs> oh That's his intro. Cut! And let's get to it. (laughs) Yeah. So, go ahead, Angela.
1: No, I was just gonna say, um, welcome to uh, Fueled by Purpose podcast. Um, So, how do you? I would say, like, handling
3: failure. Like, how do you handle failure? Man, so that is like a mental muscle Mm -hmm. that you have to that I've worked on building and stretching over time, and. I've had a few careers. I started my career as a chemist. I was one of the youngest published chemists at 19 in the world. I was on Wall Street for some years, and now I'm a tech entrepreneur. Mm. And a lot of times people, or I went to Hampton, Cornell, MIT, people look at my background and they're like, wow, you've made it. You're so amazing. And I'm like, I'm glad you think that. But like every day, every month, every year is full of a ton of failures. Mm. And the one thing that I do from a mental perspective is I try to think about you know, contextualize it around what I learned. Like, what did I learn, and what am I gonna do differently next time? And by the way, you you learn more from, or I learned more from my failures than I have my successes.
2: Can you name a few failures that you learn from?
3: So, um, let's see, like even when I started Squad, right? We started out as an enterprise technology company and the whole idea around starting the company was really about how do you use technology to help people build community in real life and you know i was coming off of like jp morgan where i saw that was like a huge need saw it was a a really big positive when do certain divisions had strong kind of employee community and so we built an enterprise product um that Function like a meetup.com for companies. It was like the central place where like you could put up a happy hour, you could put up a lunch and learn and people could just come. And the one thing that you know we scaled that, we did well by like you know, vanity metrics, right? Um, but that product was a little ahead of its time. Mm. even though we had, Customers like walmart.com, even though we had customers like Vivo, it was the, a constant struggle of trying to communicate the value of the product to the buyers. But that was a very different opinion than the users. And so, until kind of the HR world gets into a space where they're willing to be a little bit more risk taking, um, I think that the product was a little bit of a mismatch. And at the same time, we also found out that people really wanted to do this personally, and people weren't spending As much time at companies in their career and so you know we pivoted the business from enterprise technology to consumer technology and that's you know gone really well but i look back and i'm like okay yeah that product was ahead of its time personally like when i became an entrepreneur i was i've been that kid that hustled i hustled 24 7 all the time and i never believed in taking a break Um, And so when I became an entrepreneur, I was working from like 5 a.m. to like 2 a.m. every day. And I thought that was like fine. I thought that was I was isolating myself from my friends. Mm. I was just so lonely and miserable and just really sad, but really focused on working. And so, you know, I got to a point where I, I started having this like really weird pain in my stomach area. And I don't, I never have had any health problems. And I went to the doctor. I was like, what is this? And he was like, you have a stress induced stomach ulcer. Wow. And the doctor was like, I was, you know, I said to him, I said, I don't think you know me. I'm not stressed. I get shit done. Like, don't call me stressed. And he was like, your body is 100% stressed. And so I had to even learn how to, like, how do I set the right boundaries around myself? How do I actually figure out? you know, in this journey, who are the people that I'm taking with me versus the people that I'm leaving in the previous chapter I was in? And that, I had failures there, like relationship failures or in like just misunderstandings and misalignments with people. And so I think that that's something that I had to like pick myself back up from. And then also, quite frankly, like and Embrace this really intense self care, self growth journey, mm. um, where I said, like, all right, who do I want to be in the world? What kind of energy am I bringing? Because I was just bringing stress around to everybody, and it wasn't healthy. Right. And so I go to my, I see my therapist all the time. I meditate a lot. I have my career coach, and so I, I invested a lot.
2: When did you start doing that? The um, investing in yourself with like career coaches?
3: About a year and a half ago. Yeah.
2: So. And so
1: basically, overdoing it isn't the answer when it comes to working. It's really what you're saying. It's like, yeah, because I know a lot of people will be like, "Oh, I'm like, I'm really doing it because I'm working like you said from 5 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day. That means I'm getting things done, right? I think in the beginning of anyone's career, can you can you agree to that? That you think like, all right, if I'm around the clock, like this is it? But but right. in actuality, you're messing up yourself, stressed like health wise with the stress. And that, I guess you 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 hit a plateau. You're like, wait a minute, like I gotta reevaluate how I'm doing this.
2: You right. know, it's funny. I agree with that because, like, you know, early on in my business, like, I, there was be times where I had my laptop open and I'm not doing shit. Like, I'm just looking at it. Like, that's <laughs> the times when I should have been worried about myself. Yeah. Right. Like just stepping away, unplugging, maybe meditating, right, doing right. something different. And now I apply that. Yeah. Like when I when I'm doing something because you always there's you're never gonna be done right like there's always going to be work to do
1: no always that's life though mm-hmm.
2: yeah so let's talk, let's talk about um like relationships like like how you just because of your time constraints and you're working like how do you keep business and personal do you separate them do you bring them together like how do you manage them
3: you know it's really hard to fully separate them when you're on your own like this um and building a company and so i have focused on making sh- i also had the wrong attitude when I became an entrepreneur i had I was on this hashtag no new friends I was oh like if you goodness. wasn't with me shoot in the gym like that was everyone's hashtag for a while <laughs> <laughs> then i'm not I'm not with it you know um and that was actually a bad way to be because I was blocking my blessings I was blocking like really um you know really amazing people from coming into my life who share the same values as I do, and so I would say that um from a relationship perspective and personal perspective, I actually also, by the way, on Wall Street, your 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 network is your net worth. Absolutely. And I, and I know there's there's a lot of that in tech too. But like, I had a lot of I realized I had a lot of loose, I had a lot of relationships that were loose, and as opposed to kind of focusing in on like quality friendships, and so I stopped putting, you know. Energy into things that weren't returning anything. Mm. And it's not even like you got to give me something, but are you giving me energy that gives me, that fills my spirit? You know? Yeah. Um, Are you giving me like support and I'm giving you support? And so, like, one of my closest friends today is in New York. Um, One is the, he was a co founder of Venmo. And he's like a huge, but we also do a lot of business together too. But we also like talk every day and like see each other at least like three, or four times a week when I'm here. Um and you know, I if I was on that no new friends, we actually got introduced by our attorney. If I was on that no new wow. friends, I would have been like, nah, screw that. But he's actually, it's so funny, my therapist, when we started to get close, my therapist asked me, she was like, you know, you're you're kind of like, you know, more calm these days. What's good? <laughs> I was like, actually. I think maybe like I'm finding people that really compliment me or, um, you know, I have t- two two friends in New York <laughs> that we, I hang out with we, and then, yeah. I was going to say, would
1: you say therapy is important I we were friends for- friends. Three. <laughs> Three.
3: <laughs> Three.
1: Would you say therapy is important for everyone? You know what I mean? Like, I know I have a therapist. I've seen a therapist for a long period of time. Do you feel like it's essential to growing when it comes to like business and- personal, like, everything?
3: I think some feedback mechanism. So I, first of all, I I fully believe, I don't want to, like, dictate to other people, but I think everyone could benefit from a therapist. You know, there's a level of growth that you're trying to achieve by even, or things that you're trying to deal with. Um, there's baggage that I have from my childhood that I have to Absolutely. unlearn. And it's my responsibility. It's not my parents' responsibility now. It's my responsibility to unlearn that and so um I, like also i remember when i asked my parents to go to a therapist when i was in high school they're like girl you need, that go?" <laughs> they're like you need to take your black ass to sunday school <laughs> that's what you need you need your ass beat <laughs> and so what i
2: wonder what it is in the black community that is taught like you don't need no you don't need well, anything you need jesus everyone's yeah. scared
1: of it and it's not talked about enough the mental health component is not talked about enough until Somebody's depressed, suicide happens. But, you know, like it's not talked about enough.
3: And the funny thing about it is that the turning point in my family was, um, you know, my father tragically dying in a highway accident. So wow. my parents sponsor uh, Kids to visit Hampton University every year for open house. And six years ago, the bus ran off a straight road, flipped over twice, and ejected both my parents out the front window. Oh my and my dad didn't survive that. And my mom fell into like a really big depression. They had been together for 35 years. And all of a sudden, he's gone and that that took a toll on the family it took a toll on her Um, and I would say prior to that my mom wasn't on the whole kind of therapy wave she was on the the bible wave and um, you know since then kind of picking herself back up and you know all of the kids everyone is just really on the therapy like let's do what we need to do like there there are times where I can walk by a restaurant in New York City and they're playing like Moon River, which is like the first song my dad taught me how to play on the piano and I would just start crying. And that's triggering for me six years later. And so there's, you know, I think that was a turning point, but it took the family going through some trauma to get there. Yeah. And, and I don't know that without that trauma we would have gotten there, at least not by now.
2: So you, I'm a, I'm a father of two, you think, like when do you, do you bring it like, hey, like you seem stressed. No, I Should think you, it's,
1: I think with therapy um it's not even just about stress it's realizing that even if the problem hasn't presented itself yet it's already there you know what i mean like you went through something as a child we all went through something that we just probably unseen whatever it was it could have been your parents weren't giving you enough time because they were working right. and now you're bringing us into relationships and business personal it's everywhere so if you are already seen a therapist, you get to the bottom of your childhood. When you correct that, then you start correcting everything else around you. But no one, people don't, people don't know that, you but know, everyone thinks you go to therapy just to get fixed. Like I went after my son's father um, got murdered, but I was going before that. Mm-hmm. But it did start, I didn't go until I was dealing with an issue, which I wish I would have known earlier because I would have been a lot better way before that. You know, so yeah. I think a lot of times it does take tragedy or something like traumatizing happen before we say let's go. But I think it needs to be pushed out there as this needs to be a part of like they should teach it in schools. I think like yeah. people, they should know people should be getting therapy because if you were working through your issues as they're happening, yeah, oh my God, you'd be a different person. But
2: what if you're introducing therapy to a kid? That might not have any issues. Are you cultivating? Everybody issues? Everybody
3: has an issue. Uh, every is again. you I feel like you're likening issues to like trauma, or they have some big, you know, like mental illness at at five or six years old. I don't think that's to your point. Everyone does have an issue. The, Simple. The stuff. kid kid. kid, kid picks on or upset that one tooth is bigger than the other and like everyone else teeth don't, yeah it's and like it could be
1: stuff in the household even like exactly i don't like the way you said that to me dad and it's a personal thing and they're allowed to feel how they want to feel my three-year-old can be like i just don't like how you whatever and but they'll have a place where they can go that's safe to say this is how i feel and they say well what triggered that instead of you waiting yeah. until you're 25 and that three-year-old is still living at you at 25 and you're wondering why am i handling a situation like this but it's because you never handled it then. You just said, all right, whatever, and you put it in the back of your mind. When, in actuality, your, your mind didn't grow past that three-year-old, that little three-year-old. So then you have a bunch of work to go back and do. So the sooner, I think,
2: we
4: start, the better.
3: Marcus, are you saying you have no issues?
2: I have issues. Oh, okay. like my, for my <laughs> Go ahead, Katrina. And to
4: your point, though, because I see what you're saying as a parent, how do you approach that conversation with someone who's so young where life hasn't happened to them yet? I would say approach it as just a a space for conversation, right? This is a space that you're going to go talk to Ms. Debbie or whomever the person's name is. Ms. Debbie. um, And (laughs) Ms. Debbie, Debbie, you know? And and, and and so that as life is happening, they know that they always have a space to come to get it all out and help help Mm. shape and bring understanding or clarity to it. if If it's not, you don't necessarily have to approach it. I think taking the the therapy out of it and making it more of a conversation conversation so young mm-hmm. is really beneficial and it takes away the taboo and the sting and the it yeah. with going to therapy
0: yeah let me say question um just to play devil's advocate for the people that are listening are your guys any- you're okay with sharing this. Are your therapists
3: black? My therapist is a black woman, and I was very clear that I only wanted to go to a black woman. I tried going to a white woman once, and it just didn't work out. Um, I think therapy is a chemistry thing, but also for me personally, I wanted someone where I didn't have to explain a lot of things. Um, and I think that in tech, fundraising, VC, there's a lot of black related issues. And sometimes on certain days, I'm like, I'm feeling particularly triggered because I have this. You know person working for me this white lady who's really like being super fragile about things and so i didn't want to have to explain anything and not offend anybody so my therapist is a black woman
1: my therapist um my one of mine was african-american female then i had i went to like three of them because one of them was in atlanta one was here in the city and then no he's actually um white male Yeah. And so I found him because I was looking for somebody that handled, um, what's the name of it?
3: Grief. Grief. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I was looking for somebody to help with grief. They were in my area. I went and seen him once. I was like, this is cool. This will work. He gets it. And I mean, I like it.
2: Now is it okay if your therapist is a family member? No, you can't do that.
3: No, no. That's bias. Yeah. They know too much. You pay a therapist to be the objective person in your life. So you
1: want them to like, yeah. You don't want them to know any family, nothing, because then they'll be like, "Oh, that's because your daddy." You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you want to be able to sit there and tell your therapist your story from your your perspective, so they can give it from their perspective because they don't know nothing about you, right? You know what I mean? So, yeah, therapy. I I am a big fan of it. Same. It helped change. I'll always have a therapist though, and
3: like, I don't feel like I'm particularly struggling struggling with an issue right now. To your point, but I'm just like, it's my. My check-in every two weeks. I like, go. Uh, it's good. It
0: definitely is.
2: I might need some recommendations. Huh? Okay. That's. It's a lot easier for, for a woman to go to therapy because of the. oh you gotta back that no, statement, no, brother. Once you up. do that, you gotta Talk back to that. No, it's, it's, okay. Okay. it's easier for women. <laughs> no nah,
0: because the, the male Don't ego. Don't tell him. Help. Come <laughs> <laughs> help me out. Nah, because the male ego is so, especially in the African American community, you feel weak if you have to go to a therapist and talk your problems out, you feel like, from a young age, why are you crying? I ain't grow up with my pop. So from a young age, you're like, get up. You stop crying, walk through it, tough it out.
2: Well, I do that to my son still, so I don't know if, that, I don't know if that's an issue. Like, what are you asking, like, if my son falls, Get up, you're fine. No,
3: I do it to my son too. Yeah, and I, I believe in doing it to kids. I do it to my in general, girl, right? boy, get up because because yeah. then they'll be yeah. they look at you when they fall to look at and see like should reaction. I cry? Am I hurt? Yeah, it's attention after a while.
0: But you see how it could be tougher
1: for. I think that's different. It Depends on where like, at. I mean, it just depends on what it is. I think. Yeah. If they're actually hurt, like no, like don't get up, like you know what I mean, like they're bleeding, busted the head open. I'm about,
0: as you get older, like twenty something year old black males.
1: Okay, then that's different because then maybe you were missing the love aspect there where you actually needed, you know, a shoulder to cry on and you kind of just got, you fine. Then that's different. I think when they're little, you're trying to teach them how to be strong, but when they get to a certain age, when you get to a certain age, then it's like, okay, well, what's actually going on? Right. You know, so I think that's the difference there. But I have heard that it is harder for males to... Walk into it, therapist, like they don't. They feel like you know, like you said, maybe it makes them or you talk weak. about it. Yeah, like they would rather just hold it in or like it like it never existed, which winds up coming out again in their relationships and their day to day actions. Whether it comes out in anger, abuse, whatever it is, it comes out in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I can't speak for males though. Y'all can speak for <laughs> y'all. Like, but that's what I've seen.
2: Interesting. So it's the interesting dynamic between a man and a woman and being black, like. Karen, so much like yeah, so much stuff. Let's let's talk about like how you know being a black woman in the profession, being a chemist. How many people look <laughs> like you in the lab?
3: None. I mean, wow. when I was growing, so keep in mind, I, I got started really early. Like I, my parents got me a gig working in a lab, research lab at UNC Chapel Hill for a professor when I was 14. So I started in a lab very early, and there at that time there were so i had to, i would try to google black women chemists and i found like one professor wow at cornell um and then i went to go work for her <laughs> but um it was one of those things that was really hard and no one acted like i should be there a lot of people act like i shouldn't be there like people would be like you know they would treat me little, well, talk to me like i was part of the janitorial mm. staff or what? um so it, it was definitely different and isolating but it's not as white as like tech like at least you know in the lab it's a bunch of east asians south asians you know but it was it was definitely weird at some points but i loved it
1: i i want to know what um at what moment like what brought you to your purpose and how did you know that's what you for sure wanted
3: to do so the funny thing about it is that over the course of my life my parents said all these things to me that i heard them but it didn't materialize, or I didn't completely absorb it until mm-hmm. later. And so, you know, I grew up in a very values oriented household, like from from jump. It was all about be kind, be humble, work hard. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, just really random things, like we lived right outside the county line at Chap in Chapel Hill, and we would have to take our trash to the dump back in the day. My dad will always go to Burger King first to bring the dump attendant like food, you know, and so, you know, one of the things that I saw my parents do over the course of you know their lifetime was cultivate this really strong community well I used to say our house was a community center in Chapel Hill because everyone was always there and mm. I didn't really realize the impact that my parents were having on people um like lifelong impact and we had kids living with us wow. who and wow. we, we were already six kids so it wasn't like we needed more people oh, yeah. in the house <laughs> um you know we had kids living with us who were like D. Students that they would end up being like AB students, right? And so, you know, that those were like lessons that I absorbed without my parents directly saying anything to me. But one thing that my dad always said to me, he said, You know, Isa, you're a really blessed girl, and it's your job to share your blessings with as many people as you can on the planet mm. before you die. And I was like, Dad, whatever, like, I'm not gonna die anytime soon, I'm good. And I like, I didn't like when I'm 12 and 13 and hearing this, and he's saying this over and over, I'm like, Whatever, but I, when I'm when I'm older and I'm looking at, you know, the fact that I skipped degrees, went to college early, started my career early at Pfizer as a diabetes chemist, then went to MIT, fell into Wall Street, and I ha- I was very much like this, like those horses in Central Park. I had blinders, blinders on, on, blinders, and I I was just kind of going for that next thing. And then you know the tragedy happened with my dad, and that just like shook me to my core. and made mm-hmm. me wake up and say. What am I doing with my life? And who do I want to be in the world? Wow. I felt like I had lost myself pursuing this because everyone was like, Oh, you got this great test score. You should go to, you know, this school and you should have this role and you did really well. So you should get like to manage a billion dollar product, right? And so um that that was a moment where I felt like I was shaken to my core. And I the things that my parents had said to me over the course of my life started to I started to really absorb. And the one thing that I decided was that, you know, people always call me. Well, when I'm interacting with people or I'm speaking on stage, I hear them say to me, oftentimes, you're like, you're so inspirational. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like the one compliment that I I don't reject. And I actually really love it. It makes me feel good. You know, people are like, You're smart, I'm like, whatever, you know, it's fine, (laughs) like whatever. But when they when they're like, You're so inspirational, I I was a keynote at a tech conference last week and the a guy came up to me. Mm -hmm. A guy came up to me. He was like, I have a seven year old daughter and listening to you tonight made me feel so much hope for my daughter. Aww. And that was that was when I you talk about my purpose. Everything I now I like run a you know, community based app in the tech space. We've raised millions of dollars. You know, I do that, but every day I wake up, everything that I do is much bigger than me.
2: I love how you just glaze over the fact millions of dollars, like let's talk about let's talk about that process too. Let's talk about you raising that money and being a black woman only a few have done that um how was that process for
3: people who are
2: listening because there might be people who don't know yeah yeah that's true I Yep. yeah let's let's that. let's share we all did that. the beginning slightly
3: okay. but so squad is um squad is an app at its core but it is an app that helps people build their offline and real life community. We're in a world where social media has really taken over our mental health and really made us feel a lot lot more lonely in the world um, than we should. And so, squad, you can think of it like a curated meetup where you have curated experiences that you can attend. Um, You unlock access to people when you meet them in person. So it's not like I can just go find you and look you up and know that you went to Harvard and pitch you these things. That's not what it's about. It's about genuine human connection. And so... um, that's the the app that we've been scaling and it's actually been going really well that's dope as far as fundraising that was definitely a process um i i wouldn't say i was arrogant but i was definitely humbled even more than i was already humbled um i thought that you know you look at my resume you say oh she managed you know, a billion-dollar product at J.P. Morgan and built that. Oh, she went to MIT. Oh, she's a chemist. Oh, she's that. Like, I thought I had built up a resume that would give me credibility in Silicon Valley. But it took me two years and wow. hundreds of meetings in order to break, break through, to have my breakthrough in Silicon Valley to the point where now VCs are always hitting me up, right? They're yeah. always in my DMs, always in my email inbox. Um, But it was... Definitely a process, and I actually had to have some really honest conversations with who I call my quarterbacks in Silicon Valley, who are white guys who were employees number one or two at these very big notable tech companies. Who I would say, I need you to leverage your whiteness right now to get me this next meeting, or I need mm-hmm. you to speak me up to this person so I have a certain level of credibility when I walk into their room. And, it's crazy, you have to do that. But the thing about it is that like a-, a few of them were like they were just really. Real and like receptive to that. And they, oh, they, know, the, they know, they it's know, it's the boys deal. club. They know, they know the deal. And so I kind of did that, maneuvered. I just, it was just a lot of maneuvering, a lot of hustle, and a lot of just making sure that I wasn't losing my mind in the in mo- in the in the process.
2: <laughs> now, did you lack any com- I wouldn't say you lack confidence. Um, I hate to phrase it this way, but maybe you'll understand it that way. Um, did you lose any confidence walking into the room, like, all right, I'm black. They don't want me to be here. They're doing this because this person introduced me to them. Like did that affect you in any way?
3: I definitely had imposter syndrome when I would walk into the room sometimes because I'm like, Oh, you're the first investor at Uber, or you were the first institutional like my lead investor was the first institutional capital in Harry's, Birchbox, Heroku, like a lot of big brands. Um, he's the nicest person, like probably in Silicon Valley. And but there were a lot of times where I walked into the room and I was like, I don't know that I belong here, and I don't wow. know that I deserve to be here, and it, it did make me feel insecure in a lot of ways, and I needed like certain validation, um, which I've like me and my therapist, like I've learned how to even talk about this, like how I felt, but I I was looking for external validation from people, and I needed to not right look for external validation in that way.
2: That's crazy. This is, I think there's like um a lot of black professionals or entrepreneurs in general that feel like imposters like that's it's really crazy because you think about it like i even feel like that like in meetings that i've organized or like in in experiences that i've created like mm. sometimes that's the loser in me and i'm no i'm have no but that inch is like yo like You create this shit and people don't think this shit is not real. You you didn't do it.
3: The crazy thing that just happened to me is I was at this uh, event called the Breakthrough Awards in Mountain View. Mm They call it like the Oscars of Science and it's hosted by Mark Zuckerberg and Priscilla Chan and Sergey Brin and Yuri Milner like and a few other people. And so I'm literally in the front row like Mark Zuckerberg is like right here, like Carly Kloss is like right here, Taraji's at my table Um, and... And I've talked to like Sundar, who's the CEO of Google. And I I've, I've felt like a little bit of an imposter, but I felt like it was just internal. Right. And so, this, this I was next to this short white guy at my table who said to me, he said, Aiza, listen, you are a badass. I've talked to you for like two minutes. And I need you, when you're in this room, to introduce yourself as such. And he was mm. like, you belong in this room. And he was like, and by the way, when, when I come to New York next, we're gonna have dinner. And I was like, all right, all right, cool, Bobby. Like, that's what's up. And I, I appreciated the fact that he said that to me. He saw it, and he was like, don't worry, you belong here. And then I looked him up, after like, afterward. I had no really, no real idea who he was. He was the founder of Call of Duty and the CEO of Activision Blizzard and worth, like, $10 billion. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you belong here. That's awesome. And yeah. so there are a lot of... It, yeah. I'm like, I'm better, but there are still moments where I... I'm still a little bit of an imposter sometimes.
1: I think it's just a work in progress. Like everyone's their own work in progress all the time. Like we're always processing the confidence to be in the room. I mean, some people could could appear confident but still have their own insecurities. I think that's just life kind of, right? Is like being the best person and showing up as your best person, but feeling that good inside at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an ongoing challenge, I think, but it's, it's self-work, like you said, it's like an everyday thing. Like, what can I do to make myself feel the best
3: and actually feel that way? Not just right. say it, because we can all say it. But sometimes saying it is actually that, that little thing you need in the mirror. Like I will oh, always in, in the You'll mirror mirror, like, you, you, I'm like, mm, yeah, girl, you yeah. got this." You you got this. <laughs> I wake up like you you gonna get this. exactly. <laughs> I do my mirror pep talk like almost every morning. That's I'm here. like, you know what? That's
2: you're just gonna, that's, no, that's that's, that's personal. The, the pep talk, <laughs> the
3: mirror pep talk.
2: That's that's private.
1: I mean, my therapist encourages that too. They be like, you know, like life coaches and stuff. They be like, you gotta talk to yourself. Mm. You really do though. Like you're supposed to be your biggest fan. Yeah. Who else gonna
3: believe it if you yeah. ain't believing in yourself?
2: Yeah, I go in the mirror like, damn oh, boy. God. You look good. Look at this haircut. Like you see, know, see, men
3: is always about the looks and it's about the lining. <laughs> right, and I'm all like, like
1: <laughs> all internal with right. mine. like yeah, it's gonna be all right. <laughs> o- be all right.
3: Yeah. Right, exactly.
2: Some a, a good friend of mine told me something that stood with me, and it was like six months ago. He said, uh, "If you're in a room, you belong in the room. Yeah, like, no matter what it is. If you're in there, you belong in.
3: There. Period. Period. That's good. Yeah. I like that. I'm gonna start saying that. I'm gonna start saying that to myself in the mirror. Too. Yeah, like you're,
2: if you're in a room, you belong in the room. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy how, like, um, ultimately, like, and, and you think about, like, where people are. Like, even some of our friends, like, we all have some dope friends. Even, like, the Shonda, she, we all know her. Like, oh, yeah, is, I love to. Like, she that's just crazy what she's doing there, Chase. But it's like, you know, that's where she's at in her chapter in her life. Mm-hmm. And, like, we all have our own stories, and we'll get there, right? Like, we'll get wherever we need to be, and I'm sure it either looked like that or ten times better. You right. know what I mean? So sometimes... Like for personal self-help, I think we all need to look at ourselves and say, like, this is just my story, and it looks like this, and it's only going to look like this on me.
3: And the thing about it too is that everyone is at a different place in their mm-hmm. chapter in their book, and a lot of times our our toxic habit of comparing—you don't know what chapter you walked in on on someone else's life. No, or you don't on social media, by the way, which is so curated you don't know what chapter you're looking at right now idea and so i feel like a lot of times it's because the root of it is also because we're comparing ourselves constantly that's a bad habit to other people their curated lives online to our imperfect lives in person yeah
1: because you're like actually they're super imperfect you'd be like oh but i want that i learned a long time ago i don't want nothing god didn't give me because (laughs) you don't know what that person has to go through to have what they have Right. And you think you want it until you're in their shoes. You're like, you know what? This ain't for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're, to your point, it's very curated. It's like you can wake up and be like, best day. Click out and be crying until the next uh, day. Yeah, and no true. one would even know. You know what I mean? Uh, like, And they'd be like, yeah, well, I seen you. I hate. One thing I don't like is when a friend hit your neck. Well, I seen you on social media. You was looking good. No, 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 no. Did you call me? Did you actually check in on me today? Right. Because a real friend or somebody should be checking in on you, not Mm. just looking at social media to figure out how you're feeling. Right. Because we can all day, all of us, we can all look perfect on social media, but be going through a whole war Mm. inside and no one even
2: know. Yeah. Highlights. That's crazy. So I want to kind of shift this conversation before we run out of time. Yesterday, we had a huge conversation with our guests about men dealing with a type personality oh, and you have back? a strong personality. I have a like strong you, personality? No, like your personality, you're a winner. Like men might be scared. Like, she's a boss. Some men might be afraid of that. Like let's talk let's talk about that a bit. I want to hear your opinion. Are men afraid of it or do men take it on Quietly are they, to they approach are Approach you, like let's just talk about it.
3: There's I would say there's three flavors <laughs> of men. <laughs> might be more. <laughs> 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 there's A the guy who is really intimidated by it and either they'll just like run away or they will say things to you to try to bring you down yeah um that's that's flavor a flavor b is the is the guy who the i've dated some of these guys the guy who pretends that mm. he really likes it because he actually likes the status mm. but he like he they like who what I represent, but not actually who I am. Yeah. And so that's the guy that like doesn't have the security to, but wants to love what I do. And then there's the, that's Flavor B.
2: Flavor B. Yeah. Mint chocolate.
3: C, Flavor Mint C. Mint chocolate is the guy who is very secure in himself. His journey is imperfect. He realizes that your journey is imperfect, and he's very supportive and empathetic. I would find that out of the men that I meet in general, maybe five to ten percent fall into that flavor C. Might be one percent of mine. And so, I think like my like I have an ex boyfriend who is a B all day, right? He just he, he, I don't know, just try to bring me down in other ways, but like loved, like he would share, like, oh my god, you did this with this person, you know, whatever. Yeah. Status chaser, but um. Yeah, I have my share of people who are intimidated, but what I will say, kind of like what you said, you're like, I don't want anything that God didn't didn't plan for me or didn't put into my life. I don't need any man who is not, you know, who is not able to be empathetic and supportive.
1: Yeah, you got to meet someone where you're at. You know what I mean? And you may meet someone that may be good for you, but they're just not. There Mentally yet Yeah And if a man's not there Mentally yet It's just It's a disaster For a recipe like So men don't
2: deserve grooming For disaster like Build them it's up It's not no. my
3: job But it's, see you, We
1: don't You, you can't It's I'm like for me for Like I have a son I'm not trying to have A second son
2: Oh you know what i
1: mean you want to it's just the truth like you want a man and you're supposed to be able to both bring at the same time you guys are growing together it's not let me feed everything till i'm drained and now here you up here and i'm down here
3: it's Mm. let's do this together and grow together and i've been in a relationship like that too and i think my mother i think she puts it best she said isa listen when you are dating a man you need to be comfortable with like him not changing anything. Yeah. If you go into that relationship with the expectation that like, oh, I'm going to change you, and oh, man, listen, oh, never we,
2: look, I've learned general, my lesson with that. Right. Stuff. Exactly. Don't even
1: if that's what they're doing. Just all right. You can't even hope. I just hope you're they okay change with a little bit. Baby,
3: this yeah. is
0: who
1: you are. Like, and that's that's fine. We all are going to grow, but that's a bonus. <laughs> like, if you grow, awesome. But I can't expect that. Right. I so agree with when you. When people
2: show you show you who they are, believe, believe them. Maya Angelou, oh, you Angela. better. Yeah, you like, better. <laughs> yeah.
3: Are you intimidated by strong women?
2: No, I'm. So my wife is a she's a strong woman. Like okay. yeah. I love, your yeah. wife, super cool. Yeah, she like she's my secret weapon. Like she closes the deal. Yeah. Like, if, like he was just asking me, Trevor here. He was like, "Is it important to have a wife that like understands business? Like, I'm gonna do it up to here." And it's up to her to close, because it's a family business at the end of the day. So when she meets people, it's like... She's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, she has to... She represents us at the end of the day. But she's a strong personality, and I also have a strong personality, too. And as far as, like, making it work, it's like we all... It's like a business, right? Like, this is her vertical. That's my vertical, right? Like, when it comes to this in the house, like, I have nothing to say unless you tell me to do you feel me? And when it comes to this in the house, like she has nothing to say unless I ask her to do it. You know what I mean?
3: You know the one thing that is kind of related to this, a little bit of a tangent, is that when I was looking for investors, and by the way, when we raised, we had twice as much money on the table as we could take. So we had like seven, $8 million I'd offered. And so my male investors specifically, I always listen carefully to how they speak about their wives and do they respect them or are they just kind mm. of a trophy and it was it was very telling to me because i all of my investors speak very highly about the wives the heterosexual ones and that was almost like a i I made it like a requirement a little bit when i'm like picking people because Mm. if i show up with a strong personality and you feel checked one day and you don't take your wife isn't like that then that that creates problems for me and my business very true and me and my board of directors and so i actually started using that and asking men about their families my investors um you know, to figure out, do I want your money? Like one of my investors who I think is a really good example of this is Rich Dennis. Um, mm-hmm. So Rich, you know, sold Shea Moisture for like $3 billion and his wife, Martha, like when you meet her, you're like, Rich, I see why you are the way you are. Yeah. Like, you know, she, she, she is like one of the most amazing people I've met and I was like, all right.
2: Makes sense. We'll be
3: good partners. That's wow. amazing.
1: That's a good way to look at it, though. Yeah. Because it's all a relationship. So you want to know how you're treating the ones closest to you. Because this is going to be close to them. This is their capital. You know, like, it, it makes a lot of sense. Right. That's a great way to look at it.
2: That's, yeah, that's, because that's I think at the end, like, men, like, a, a strong personality. And, and Trevor asked this. You asked me something about, um, you were talking about Jay-Z and Beyonce. Like, what, tell them your take on a, a personality you forgot so he, i'll tell you what you said because i'm gonna put you on blood. You <laughs> said
1: what are you talking about
2: <laughs> and no but you were saying like you think men ultimately at the end of the day need to have that personality oh they they need to be the dominant personality how do y'all feel about that Katrina, that men
1: need to be the dominant personality Ultimate,
2: at the end of the day everybody's like, different
1: all, i don't agree yeah. i want to hear
2: your opinions yes the like they today, the right? man needs to have it well, on the no, the man, at the end of the day, Every when person, all comes out, they case need to be case in my the dominant opinion. personality. Well, they, they
4: can. We're, women are just, I think, um, more adept case. at navigating that and understanding what that looks like. I don't think it's a must-have, but I do think we, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. We have, women have the the power to shape and manipulate and to mold that. So she's, It's got to be a woman. It'll take a woman who can understand that dominance and still under and still know how to be her full self in that space. <laughs> or
0: in that relationship. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah, uh, cause no, I'm gonna say it not.
1: depends on the type of male. Because some males can take the back seat and they'd be like, "Baby, you do you. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna stay at home and I'm gonna make sure the kids good." Every relationship is There's different. Dominance. Yeah right but i'm saying it's just like every relationship balance wise is different depending on y'all relationship and y'all like soul contract like what y'all doing this is what we're doing you know what i mean and some males don't take back seats some do some women say i'll be at home or you know like as far as like the personalities go I think it depends, because some men can't take a A-type woman. They're like, no, 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 no. If you're going to be coming in and doing all this, that's not <laughs> going to work for right, me. Right. I need you to chill out. And so you come in, and you're like, this is what I've been doing. Like, I'm not going to – I have no problem submitting to you, but this is who I am. Yeah. So you come in saying, I don't want to change you, babe. I like you how you are. You know what I mean? And then maybe there are a couple things you have to adjust because you're a wife. But at the same time, there are the males that don't want that. There Some want it and some don't. Yeah. So I think it goes depending on the male or female whatever
3: and uh, the way that you asked it too is also it also made me think about is the is the question actually about power Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as opposed to like dominant
0: no it's not power it's not power power. i do believe like behind every super great man yeah the vision part is necessary Mm -hmm. right like you have to steer him in the right direction because i've personally seen it with mark like there's been times when his wife's kind of steered him in a direction of greatness rather than that's not the right business play right there so it's not power at all yeah, yeah, the yeah. power share you gotta let the ego part go but at the end of the day my belief is if the woman doesn't kind of understand the vision mm-hmm. and where he wants to go and can help more articulate his message then there's a problem in my opinion so I'm not just saying oh what I say goes that's not how it went in my house I was raised by women so I know damn well when I go home Right now, my grandma's gonna be like, Wait, grandma, seem like nah, bro, you need this done. And I gotta put the S on my chest and I gotta fix the, the steps. I gotta do all this, and yeah. I just wanna go to sleep, but I can't do that. So it's a 50 50 thing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I do believe that the male should, if he's providing, because none, none of this goes anywhere if he's not providing. If he's not hunting, if he's not when providing. When you say
3: providing, stuff. do you mean the breadwinner or just no, contributing?
0: Time to change, so it's not just... Yes, I, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> time to change. I'm trying to understand her, And she's yeah. like... <laughs> no, 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 time to change, so everybody's working, but I do believe that it is... I'm traditional now. I do believe it is the man's job to go out and put food on the table and support that family and be the backbone
3: of that family. I do. So you don't believe a man should stay at home and take care of the kids? Case by case, I think. No,
4: I don't job work towards. That's just that was, that was that wasn't about I was a earth just the background.
2: Fan.
1: No, go with what you saying. Your... <laughs> no,
2: we don't. I'm working towards no, we don't. being a stay-at-home no, dad. That. That's right, my mission. I am working no, I'm working towards it.
0: Cuz I all of this I don't believe. I'm, every case by case. Nah, you <laughs> can't yeah, take mine. I didn't mean to do that. Even if you did. You came out though.
1: was not about to say no. Right
2: but I think it, you got to treat the home like a business at the end of the day, right? Cause
3: it is a partnership. Yeah. It is.
2: No, no. I said no. you have to treat it like a business. And I say that to say like the man, right? If uh, it all said and done, if people come in this house, I'm on the front line and I'm the man. So and same with business. Like when it goes down, I'm the front line. you the CEO, right? Like man or woman, whoever mm-hmm. it is. If my wife can, if she's better fit to fight men, or to protect our household, then yes, she is the CEO of the house. At the end of the day, I'm the CEO of the house because I protect us and our well-being, right? Now, at the end of the day, if my wife's the CFO or the COO, and she's like, yo, this is how it operates. Like, we're going to church on Sunday. We're going here on Saturday. Like, this is where we need to be. The the kids need to be in school. Like, this is how we budget. Like, that's all okay. Different areas, different powers. This is different areas, different powers, and that's how you dissect it, right? Just like, but. At the end of the day, if dominance looks like when people come in this house, she's going to hide with the kids and my ass is on the line. I'm the front line at the end of the day. Or at the end of the day when it's like, yo, we all hit the floor, we have nothing. Like, at the end of the day, society's going to look at me and my kids are going to look at me, my wife's going to look at me like, yeah, we got to eat, it's cold, like we need covers, you know what I mean?
1: So when is it an unhealthy household? You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of know what I think, but when do you guys think You know, when is the power or dominance of a man unhealthy? Because there is a lot of that, you know, where people think that's okay. You know, like where the man is dominant over the whole house, but now no one has a voice. Yeah. yeah. So what are those, you know, what does that look like in an unhealthy household? Because how you explain it is great, but I think a lot of the times it doesn't always look like that.
3: And I also think that people's relationships change over time. Yeah. And that's, to me, like I'm not pressed to get married we're we're the same age i'm not pressed to get married um because to me it's also a risk like the person that i marry because i don't even know about really marriage like partner with whatever (laughs) Um, another topic but the person that my lifelong partner he's that way when i enter into the engagement with him is he that way 20 years from now yeah. And then did we grow apart or did we grow together or mm-hmm. with each other, right? And so, for instance, like I've seen, you say, when is it unhealthy? I've seen, you know, people come in to the relationship with expectations that the relationship stays the way it is. So mm-hmm. maybe the woman is, my mom stayed at home for six years. Maybe the woman is staying at home to take care of the young kids. And then she's like, actually, I want my career back. And he's like, but wait, that wasn't our agreement, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot, there's so much shifting in marriage, all the yeah. time to me Not not all the time But like there's a sh- Enough that shifts over time No you're not too far off you <laughs> um, That I think that Communication and expectations And alignments that, That's the biggest risk I see yeah. Like do I grow apart from you, do you, the, grow apart like from you? Will marriage, they be
1: flexible enough To make it work Right, right. right. And That's marriage, you, you have, have to meet <laughs> like you, you. Marital therapy All
2: of it baby Absolutely so in marriage, like you have to like me and my wife, we've been together since high school. I loved it when right? you told me like, on when I first met. like, That's Yeah, so but cute. You have to meet different people. Like we evolved, we changed. I got a little chest hair, you know, like she she, Not the de- chest de- hair. she developed you know, like we all changed. Yeah. You know, life changed for real. Like
1: man said hair. It really
2: is. And we had to we had to re- we had to meet each other a few times. You know, and that even... That Re-meeting us,
1: each other. That's interesting. Yeah, because like, yeah.
2: that caused us to break up. That caused us to get back together. Dang. And say like, oh, this is who you are now? Like, yeah. I get it. Because this is who I was, oh, yeah. but this is
1: who I am now. And then you keep changing and evolving. Exactly. See, I think what happens sometimes when people separate is one person evolves, the other person stays the same. Yeah. When you're both evolving, perfect. But perfect. if not... Yeah. But sometimes you can evolve apart. That too. Yeah. And they've seen that happen where people are... Mm-hmm. They still best are friends, but it just, this isn't for us no more. Yeah, it's no, I guess it's just knowing your partner and knowing yeah. what works for the both of you. It's important.
3: But yeah. I'm definitely seeing, you know, more flexibility in marriage now than I saw maybe even 10 years ago. Facts. With a lot of my girlfriends being dentists or other entrepreneurs or whatever the case is, you know, there's a lot of, to me, it feels more of an equal partnership than it fe- felt before. Mm. Marriage didn't—I don't know—it didn't always feel like equal partnership to me. It felt like oh, yeah. back in the back, yeah. back, back, yeah. You know? back in the day. It really
2: yeah. depends on the relationship too, though. Like you said, like when you're looking at how, like when is it okay for a man to, you know, take power or not, or like because you don't want to like limit your wife's or put out her flame like when well, she sometimes has it yeah because yeah, there's a the controlling yeah.
1: man which is not cool uh, and then there's i'm you know the man in the house that i'm gonna provide him do what we got to do but it's two different powers you know what i mean it's knowing which one is healthy
4: yeah
1: and because then if you have kids that spills onto your kids and now you're talking about generations of different like stuff going on trauma and this that and the other yeah you know <laughs> But it's just it's just always an interesting topic, relationships, balancing that with business and you know cuz ultimately what goes on in your house affects your business. Cuz some people say they get scared to get into relationships if they're doing really well because it's going to affect their day to day. So now if you were doing extremely well and your relationship's going like this, mm-hmm. your business is going with you yeah, because yeah. your brain is not in the same place you were when you were this single person running around and able to get it yeah. done cuz now you're invested in oh like this ain't going right at home. So it's so important
3: to have like a healthy household. But I also, I've struggled with that whole balance of like relationships and being an entrepreneur. And I've honestly like made a conscious decision to even delay, you know, jumping into Mm. like a very serious relationship because I think it takes emotion. There there are three types of energy, mental, physical, and emotional. And they all come from the same bucket. Mm. If I'm always drained on the physical and the mental energy, I don't necessarily have a lot of emotional energy to invest into getting Mm. to know someone and then getting to know someone over and over again. And the one thing that I found on my journey was that when I started out as an entrepreneur, I left Wall Street. Again, I started back at the bottom. I was technically a nobody in tech an absolute nobody and you know that that was cool you know I, I worked I worked I worked and then I got to this phase where I became like a known entity in Silicon Valley and then like people were talking And then now I'm in this other phase where I'm in rooms with people that everyone knows and so my my issue also is that when I jumped into things when I was on my journey and I was on my ascent up sometimes I would conflate people's intentions they were attracted to that ascent. They were attracted to, like, that status as opposed Mm. to, like, really being attracted to me. And that made me feel self-conscious and distrusting a little bit. You know, would you, would we have a thing if, like, I didn't know such and such? You know what I'm saying? And so I've been on this, like, rapid ascent up, and it's just really hard to, like, that's gonna happen people. to you though
2: it's gonna happen no it is
3: hard to meet people it's i'm hard. telling you even for me like i i am not dating
2: no one like it's hard how can you go and tell your friends yo i'm dating isa watson or how can you go say yo i mean i'm dating angela simmons it's it's the hard like yeah you have but it's to, a certain man
1: like, for that that can step up and be like like you know what i mean like who it's, is he th- th- let
2: like, me know they're, they're, hello <laughs> are you knocking at my saying, door tell d- me do you know don't someone? limit <laughs> yourself to these. 1800 men in the like just but it's not limiting. No, no one's
3: limiting though it could be someone who doesn't even like it could be like a, a vet a veterinarian like you know what i'm saying Anything. Or, or a pastor or whatever is he gonna teacher. be
2: in any of your is he gonna be in a room that you sitting next to mark zuckerberg and, you never and he's
1: my know.
3: Plus
2: one. see now you t- you see you just added a whole different <laughs> element to the co- like how <laughs> no. you gonna bump into him my point is that
3: i'm not saying that Everyone is, first of all, I sorry, I don't believe in this right here. No. no I believe no. in, like, how do you connect with someone's heart and their values? Period, point blank, period. I don't care what you do, actually. Just but this is dressed. where you're at. Please These are the on.
2: rooms that you're in, Angela Simmons.
1: What do you like, mean? The, I be everywhere. I move around. But
2: the rooms that you are in are not going to be rooms where veterinarians are chilling at. What That's are you not talking about? happening.
1: I, I go I, everywhere. I purposely, intentionally
2: hang around. Do you around. have a dog? No, I just How know. you gonna meet a veterinarian? You ever got a dog?
3: Shut <laughs> up, Crystal. You? you can meet him at the gym, right? There, there's so many. So, Frenchy, she got like, a
2: private gym. She goes to a private no, gym. I don't. Probably. I go
3: places where people are. Okay, at. Okay,
2: all right. And then a man walks up. What's your trainer doing? So wait, Hold wait, on, wait. Bro. So
3: where you think? Where do you think we're supposed to
2: meet <laughs> Hold men? On, bro. That's my question. Where do you think <laughs> I
3: met men? All my boyfriends have been the most random. I've met them at galas. I've met them at like just being just out and running about. Running into them, yeah. Random. You just have to be open or I'm like at a table next door to me. I mean, sorry, a table next to me at a restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when you're
1: in a like this, it's
3: not easy. But they're going to know
2: who you are and they're going to have Some
1: do, some don't, depending on who it is and where they're from.
2: If you're in Silicon Valley, every man in the room is going wherever you're eating dinner, wherever you're going, every man's going to know who you are. And you?
1: False. I've been places people don't know who I am. Yeah, I agree with her. That's like, true.
3: yeah, yeah cause
1: not. I mean, it depends, depends on, on where we at.
4: You are, if to we were social media or to to technology or to the tech industry as a whole, like it depends on how how connected you are. That depends. I think that determines us. We've been. Out, I've been out places with her, and they've been like crickets.
2: Like, they don't know. Knows.
4: Yeah, they so don't always not, know, but it's just interesting. But I'm sure if you're at an event. Man. Yeah.
2: Man, yeah. But at the end of the day, even so, right? Like, even with all of that laid out, that person, once they find out who you are, they're still there, how they feel about you. Or how they think about you is going to change how they're thinking like oh shit, like, that,
1: so then that's always weird to me like that is always there's weird no way around it there's no way around this it for way y'all. because you figured out who i am now i'm feeling
2: there's right. no way around it for you
1: that's not i hope not i don't, don't think so that. i don't Just i literally don't, don't Maybe think i need to go to a whole nother like country i do think there's a way around it by the way
2: but like, you've earned that respect too in the same way. like it's not a bad thing like at the end of the day but like, it makes it
1: difficult for dating you're saying it's not a bad thing but it makes it difficult to date when you're in those, these type of positions because there's several women i can think of that have the same type of issue
2: no but then that's there, there goes type c where he knows how to move around it.
1: Oh, right so c is the only like we need only c's we need only c's a's and b's <laughs> out yeah and i mean maybe
2: but that b might be he might be moldable Who's
1: but who got, got time you why do you why, want us to why, groom you why why so you much
4: i don't want a second man, son grooming. why <laughs> do you like Right. Be shaped and molded. I think that I read that once that there was a theory or the belief that black women, especially those who have stronger personalities um, or a types, um, tend to like the expectation is that we should be open to molding and sh- and not saying that we don't give effort or want to put any kind of energy. She need that microphone. What she saying? Into yeah. love. But like, wh- why should our love have to come at a cost? Or our relationship, because our relationship has to come at a cost. Even when you go get it, we got to shape and mold stuff. We we've been shaping and molding stuff since before
2: time. And you got to keep doing it. No, no. Because even when you get your favorite pair of red bottoms, they say you got to break them in, or they gonna hurt. Not shaping and molding. A grown man.
3: So do you think men have to shape and mold mold women?
2: So all right, look. The the way it's put, it doesn't sound. Tasteful, right? So shaping and molding You no, shouldn't have to No, it sounds just
1: fine And it is what We know what it right? means like
2: shape, You don't have to Shape and mold from scratch Like that's not what we're saying What we're saying is As you are Like for example I'm eating at a restaurant With my wife She learned this at college From maybe another boyfriend I hope I'm gonna fight him if I meet So
1: We at a restaurant
2: and, uh, and we We sit down With some important people I'm the only one Eating my napkin Still on the table My food's good She's like Yo, babe Put your napkin on your lap. Why? That's
1: small things.
2: My lap is cool, but that's that's mold. You got to teach me how well, to mold when you say shaping and molding.
1: I have met men that need
2: no no I'm whole, not talking like, about reconstruction mali- okay, that's reconstruction
1: okay well so then just say small yeah, no. things that- you need manners and- yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah Yeah. <laughs> get you into an etiquette class thank you yeah <laughs> no but
1: it, that's different you're talking about small things like I need you to that's things that you as a like a couple you guys can talk about this. but so I'm talking about like up. mentally yeah if you gone and you ain't been working on that self and I've been working on self all this time no way. I'm not pouring all of this I just did and you ain't
3: got we ain't got no But even round. so, even in business, work. right? Even Baby, in business. that Baby. that's easy work. Hey, hey, babe, put But you, your you know you want to hire The a, hard work is like this this.
2: But you know you want to hire a CFO, but at the end of the day they need to be onboarded. This is how it oper- This is how we operate just here. Just
1: depends. Just depends on the person cuz I'm not doing they, all they're that.
2: they're qualified. They have all the capabilities. You know exactly what they fit every box, but now that you're here, let me onboard you. This is how we operate. Well, that's different. Does that's it?
1: learning the system. That's like you learn the system that's how what somebody I'm saying works. Like, I'm just that's trying like, to make sense but, of it. Okay, because I'm like person to person, and that's like dating. When you meet someone, you're like, this is how I eat, this is where I eat. And, you know, like, and if it makes sense, then it then it adds up. Yeah. That's not reshaping the molding. That's just letting you know this is my world, this is yours, how do we put them together? Right. That's completely different than a, a project. I don't want no projects when it comes to a dude. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing
3: it. Right. too high of a cost. Baby, oh, okay. I'm done. Too high of a cost. <laughs> And it not an investment, a cost. A cost. Personal. <laughs> yeah. This
0: is, a, this
3: is You a, need shaping and molding too? Right, he I'm quiet. I'm <laughs> I wanna raise my hand for some shaping and molding. Yeah. I'm good, baby. <laughs>
1: you,
2: you good? Wanna talk? Are you shaped and molded? Is the question. Know, no. <laughs> so you need some help.
1: You like we got the therapy no, basically but, speaking yeah. on behalf of all his friends yeah. over here.
2: No but in reality, in reality, um, I think everyone just needs some not shaping and molding not reconstructing right when i say shaping <laughs> and molding they might need some support and some guidance and evolution certain evolution
1: evolving for sure right becoming a better
3: person is yeah because they, they, they might
2: work. be a good person they might have a good heart but they that's might what not got
3: me caught up hey, the thing about people. it is that i feel like oftentimes or at me speak for myself in my past i have oftentimes conflated the work that I should do to be supportive versus the work that they need to be doing on themselves. Mm -hmm. And I've mixed up that, that thing that they need to handle themselves and been like, I'm just going to pour into you so you can like fix that thing. And when you talk about shaping and molding, that's that you're pouring into like an empty black hole. It's tiring. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it gets very tiring. It's and then draining. you
1: look up at the end and then you're like wait a minute this is not even a real relationship. what am i what am i doing you get caught up in it because you're dating this person and you want the best for them because i'm a giver like i love Same. helping doing things birthday parties for people i just love to see people happy yeah. so the minute i find someone that i think i'm about to be with the bells and whistles come out right around katrina no, that's bells and <laughs> whistles let's do it fun this that oh i'm gonna write your your poems in the morning make sure like i'm doing everything mm. But if I'm not getting that in return, I have learned that
3: it is a waste of my time. And you know the funny thing, I'm a, I'm also a giver, and I give endlessly, and I don't even think about giving. You know those people who they they have that mental tab of like everything I be, gave you this, and I'm like I don't even <laughs> remember because right. it's just oh. like so innate. But it also me it also means that I have attracted takers. Yeah, I've I learned Habit of attracting takers and not realizing that these mofos were straight takers. That's what it is, wow. and. It's, it's, I mean, it's, I'm much better at that now, right? But, or even as an, as an entrepreneur, like can I have a connection to this VC, this VC, this person, whatever. Um, usually I would just give, 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 give. But then when I needed something, cause I, I'm really bad at asking for help. I'm really bad at asking for things. When I needed something and I saw who wouldn't show up crickets. for me, which was wow. the majority of people that I was given to, I was like, all right, wow. time to change. It's, it's an interesting space, I get it. I'm time definitely a
1: giver, so. Cool, that was a great question. Yeah. <laughs> it
2: no, stretched I think, out for a yeah, while. It stretched out for a while. I think, I think we should end with, um, you know, what's your purpose? And She gave us that. Okay, so what you can give to our audience is people who might not have an, a purpose or how feel like you, they yeah, don't? How do you suggest people yeah.
1: find their purpose? I always yeah.
3: like to ask people that question. I think that, first of all, the finding your purpose isn't something that you can do in like a little hourly one hour two hour exercise or even in a weekend Mm-mm. a purpose is so such deeper than that and i think that for me my purpose was really straight tied to who did i want to be in this world and how did i want to show up um you know i obviously want to create a lot of positive impact but even like people think about your purpose and this really you know kind of grand scheme thing but sometimes your purpose is like the micro stuff too. And I learned this from T at J.P. Morgan. Like T um, was one of the first black women that I saw who was authentic in herself and just brought energy and never changed who she was, whether she was speaking to Jamie Dimon or whether she was speaking to the janitor, mm-hmm. right? And so when people give me feedback and they're like, yo, you close," I close this deal because I like your vibe or I like your energy, my purpose is also that. So it's you know positivity long-term impact but it's also what can i do and how can i leave the room and you feel good Mm. and you feel good not necessarily because i gave you a compliment on your shoes but you feel good because i put out an energy that made you happy
1: yeah wow i like that That that's awesome
0: yeah well
2: thanks for coming Yes, thanks Thank for having was, me, y'all. This was a good one, for us. This was real. a great <laughs> conversation.
1: You don't got nothing
3: else to say? <laughs> I'm messing with chilling. you. Yeah. He needs shaping that girl. Yeah, he right? needs well, to be he... shaped and molded. He
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man!
1: to He was radio silence. Did you have something to say, Greg? Because you was quiet back there. Ah. Ah, you didn't <laughs> have to say one
2: thing. Be <laughs> <all> <laughs> <of the podcast. laughs> Thank you so much. All right, we're good, right? Uh,
4: Now is the time to act on change. I'm Yvonne Hutchinson. And in this new podcast, I'll be talking to leaders from companies across food, finance, technology, and more to learn about the triumphs and challenges of inspiring company wide commitment to inclusion. You won't want to miss these incredible conversations with people who are leading the charge to create sustainable change for inclusion in their companies and within the communities they serve. Subscribe to Time to Act for Free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.